A pandemic of violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus, MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self-proclaimed psychic PI, Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru, Abra Mellon Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available where books are sold. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Presents Sharing in Session. I am Sickly Sean. And I'm Missy. And this might be a short one, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm sick as fuck. So, um, <sighs> Missy, just keep me honest. I'm, I'm going to be muting my mic if I cough or sniff or snort or whatever. So I might start okay. talking again and forget to unmute it. So just if you can't hear okay. me, be like, hey, stupid. <laughs> okay. In an no almost hallucinatory state here. So The Burial, uh, Yellow Jackets, season two, episode seven. We got two more. I can't believe we only have two more. That, that is kind of stressful because there's. I feel like there's still a lot to happen. So, you know, you know what I you know how I was so salty last week about them wasting time, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I realized it reminded me a lot of, and this is another thing that I love. But uh in 2017 with Twin Peaks the Return, there was like points where I was like, dude, there's 18 episodes and we're on like episode 16. Like there's certain things we haven't seen yet that I'm like, why are we wasting time with some like, of what we you're need doing, to Dana get Lynch? here? We need to get here. And you know, w- with Twin Peaks, David Lynch is David Lynch and he does whatever the fuck he wants, which I love, you know, it's like, that's, you know, you gotta love him if you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you end up not getting a bunch of shit that you thought you're going to get. And you're, I mean, there's a main thing that does eventually happen, but, but uh, it, it was stressful. Like you said, that's what made me think of it. Like it was fucking stressful. I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how? So I felt that way last week. And this week I didn't, okay. think, although I will tell you, I just rewatched it. Okay. This week's, and I think they're they're wasting a little bit of time. It's not egregious this okay. time. I think the next big plateau or paradigm shift is going to come probably in the ninth episode. The way uh, season one, you know, we get Lottie right in this cult or whatever it is, like that changes the whole landscape of the series at the end of season mm-hmm. one, and that's the land. That's the reality of season two. It's a it's a level up from season one. We're seeing a bigger world. So I think that's going to happen. And I think they found, they noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but like 
there's not a lot for I'm not noticing a lot like as far as there's not a lot of like oh wait I almost didn't notice this the first time look there there's this or like it's very there's a lot of these scenes the one that came to the one that kind of incited this monologue is uh Shauna going to the meat cabin and being like Jackie I need you or whatever I just felt like okay why the fuck are we I mean it didn't irritate me but I just was like I feel like there's a little rudderlessness here because they're like ah we can't quite get to a b and c yet so we got to put it off so some emotional moments that you know while they're valid and they give us a window into the character I don't think that scene for one gave us a window into Shauna in any way that we hadn't already had a window into her right she's already I mean unless it's just to kind of highlight that she's unraveling that's true i mean that which we definitely write like this this set piece of the episode is the final sequence well there's the phone call that's like the addendum but where (laughs) i gotta say i hate the fucking song they chose however they did a really good job with it and also i realize i'm i'm in the minority and my opinion is you know whatever I'm I'm not going to inflict on other people. And be like they shouldn't use this. I get why they used it. They were smart. Wait, what it. song that are we talking? Angel song by Live. I fucking hate. Oh God. Just oh I just, okay. And I know you said that you associate it with Boys and Trees, which yeah. Iris. I think the song is called Iris, not Angel. Okay, I just know. But that either way, yeah, Angel. I associate it with Boys and Trees because it's the song that that. Death is singing. Yeah, I hate because it. it slowed down and it, you know, it's it slowed down and like I think the key has changed. It's, yeah, in that. Yeah. But it that song used to irritate me. Now I just associate it with poison trees. Well, and that happens, right? Like there are songs I can give you an example, but there's songs that I hate that when it's Oh, a fucking Freebird, right? Rob Zombie's uh, Devil's Rejects. I love Freebird because of that fucking right. movie. Well, because sometimes they'll pick, I mean, they'll use songs that like it works in the context they're using yeah. it in. You know, kind of like uh, Lee and Bones and all with the Kiss song. Like it had to be that song. It did, and I don't like. We've talked about this on an episode, so right. for listeners, we've we've got episodes about both bones and all, and we've got an episode about boys and trees, so they're out there. Um, I I just have a particular all. There's just certain bands that came out on major labels in the wake of Nirvana, mm-hmm. and I'm not the world's biggest okay. Nirvana fan. Although, holy <laughs> shit, the opening yeah. to this sh- with something in the way. Oh, and I like oh, they I used the it. whole fucking song, which is smart because you know they paid through the fucking nose for that song. So it's like you might as well use the whole song if you're paying that much money. But it it sets it sets the tone so well. So well. That opening scene with the the black and white scenescape with the snow, you know how hard it's snowing and everything. You see it all the tree in all the trees, and then with the opening uh, Nirvana song, it. It really sets that mood that yeah they're isolated and you know feeling very alone even though they're all crammed in that cabin together driving each other crazy. Um, 
it just sets this very oppressive trapped energy. Yeah. But yeah, just live and there's just certain bands and I I anyway, whatever. So um what did you think about the burial overall or like any any key discoveries or um or... I I I really liked in this case, usually I'm just chomping at the bit for more of like the back the 1996 story in this case i was much more interested in what was going on in the present day at um you know the purple people cult um this i mean i i did like the opener and we do have a there is one key scene in the past that i do want to talk about but um i do agree with a little bit of the time it felt more of a time waster to me that we went through all that stuff with the dead baby and the like. Uh, you know, Kaisa trying to get Shauna to respond, and then she has it all wrapped up and she like buries it. Well, she doesn't even bury it; she just kind of builds a like a rock pyre over it, like a cairn. But I mean, a cairn—that's the word I'm trying to think of. All right, yeah, a rock cairn over it, but I mean. The first hungry animal that comes through there is just going to knock it over and eat it. Yeah. And I mean, I get that she's like fucked up and attached, but they're starving. Like it seems like a waste to just bury it under some rocks and leave it there for an animal to get it when they need food. But agree. You know, that that bothered me. And like I get. The sentimentality behind it but you're all starving to death like that you can't that's just wasteful and it bothers me but um oh the one key scene that really stuck out for me in this episode is the scene with uh, coach ben and misty um when he's like he's about to commit suicide and give up and check out and I don't blame him like yeah um but that whole the whole scene and then that interaction between him and him and Misty and she's trying all these different things to trigger him and none of it's working and it's not until she like genuinely freaks out that I couldn't you know I couldn't save the baby and whatnot that well actually we don't know because it ends right there right because i didn't get a rewatch so, so we don't he, know if he jumped no he doesn't jump or did she um, stop him she does stop okay he he moves away um okay which and it's she goes through the i can't have another death in my hands blah 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 and then you know i'll tell that you tried to impregnate me that you impregnate shauna I'll tell the right, whole she world. She tries all this stuff, yeah, and none of it. And she none of says, it I'll, "I'll tell the whole world you're gay," and she she still doesn't know he's gay, and that's when he's like, "Oh, good, yes. like please," because and it's it, it, like I took it as like I can't tell them, so please, please tell everybody. 
And then I might be mixing No, she knows up. he's gay. No, I don't think she knows he's gay. I, I think thought he Nat. told her at the end of season one. He? He well, I'm he tells Matt. I know he tells Matt. Oh, me. Okay, you're probably right. You are probably right. Um, I think right. she knows he's. I think she knows his. He's gay. I I'm pretty sure that it. He did tell her at the end of at the end of season one. I could it's, be. Either way, you're, you're probably right. But it, it's she's manipulative and she knows how to press buttons. So yeah, but that's the wrong button. So. You, but none of those I, things worked. It wasn't until she was, like, for a minute, she just kind of breaks. Yeah, and then he doesn't do it, but he smiles. And I actually, in my notes, I don't have a lot of notes, but one of my notes was like, what's up with Ben's smile? Right. And I gotta say, I told Kirsten, dude, what if he's still alive? I mean, he, we've, he, you know, he's like the low-hanging fruit since season one, right? Like you would, you're just assuming the whole time this guy's gonna end up getting eaten. This guy's gonna, but I don't know. It would be an interesting uh, turn of events if if he lives, and I mean, he would have no contact with them. So I don't know what it would, right? What it, like what would happen that would bring him back into the story? I mean, they're you know they could easily do it, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. as things stand now, it's not like he's gonna like call one of them up out of the blue or something like that, or right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he really, he surprised me to no end. I, I did really like that scene because I, I didn't, I, I find I really like the guy. Like I, I want I him to survive. Too. And he, he might, there's, I mean, at any time, anyone that we haven't seen confirmed one way or the other can yeah. go either way. Yep. Because I mean, we we were all convinced Van was Van was dead, and then we got an adult Van. Yeah. Which so you were you totally nailed that she has cancer, and I so yeah I got that vibe immediately. That's why I asked you because I uh, I hadn't been able to read the pill bottle. Oh, the I drug had... label, yeah. Right, that's why I had asked you what it was, because my immediate thought was that what she told Ty about her mother dying of cancer was that it was actually her, yeah. and they were her meds. Her because when she pulled him, pulled him out of the garbage, she also, like, she didn't look like a junkie. No. Yeah, so I just, I just got that feeling that she was sick. So now we know she is sick. And it sounds like it's very aggressive cancer. Yeah. So that just strengthens my resolve that they are going to try and use this connection. You know, I mean, you heard it this time, like where they're like, oh, maybe, you know, uh, was it? It's like Jen, Jen and Melissa. It's a, I think Melissa's the girl in the pink cap that all of a sudden the blonde hair we're seeing a lot more. She of must the, uh, be. She's um, got to be because I saw something online where it was talking about different characters, and it said something about Melissa, which got my attention since it's my name. And I'm like, wait, who is who is Melissa? And that was the answer I came up with. It's got to be the blonde girl. Yeah, the one, the one in the baseball hat. And then the other the one. The only one I didn't recognize. 
she's always talking to is Jen, but it's uh, it's spelled with a G, so I don't know if it's mm -hmm. like but um, lost my okay. Well, I do think they are going to try some kind of ritual because this episode was all about them coming together and reconnecting. Yes, definitely. Because we get everybody come, you know, they all do come together. And I know you and I had talked about briefly that, like, via text, text message that they were, you know, that they were acting weird. Um, and that they were they were acting weird not like themselves and i think that that has a lot to do with them like they're they're reconnecting and they're this is the first time some of them have seen each other in 25 years yeah with these people not only are they facing their shared trauma but they i mean if anybody true like they don't have to hide anything yeah so they can let you know, they can let those walls down and then like that feeling is intoxicating when it's especially when you don't see close friends for a while and then you get back together. It's an intoxicating feeling and I mean, I think they're just like, they're not being false. They're just getting wrapped carried away by being together again and not having the high yeah i i agree that so i think the thing that really like when i text you like there's a level of like unreality where i'm not sure it stems from nat and the fact that i literally can't tell if she drank the kool-aid completely or if she's playing mm -hmm. some kind of a long game i literally right. i'm not sure either i mean we had talked about a couple times that, um, you know, she seemed like she was getting something from it. Um, that she was getting something from it and her relationship with Lisa, which has, I think, really shifted her perspective. The fact that somebody thinks she's worth something and forgives her for doing something terrible to her. I think that is op opening her up more than being here at the Purple People Club. But I mean, I think she may also, I think it's helping her and she's trying to be more open to it. I don't think that she has completely drank the Kool-Aid, but she might be playing it. Well, so that's a thing. I think that too. That's exactly like it's definitely helped her. And so it's not that I don't believe it's helped her. You are right. right. She does not drink. There's five shot glasses and there's six of them there. She's got a can of soda or a glass of water with a straw. I mean, she right. turns it down. But then when Lottie brought out and you see the revelry, I wasn't positive. That did she, she like, drink? She does later not drink. Then? I, okay. No, I thought so she, she does not drink at all. So okay. she is definitely reaping benefits. It's just the way she talks about it doesn't sound like, even if she was reaping benefits, it doesn't sound mm -hmm. like the way Natalie would tell her friends that she, it's helped her. Like, she's just talking in a way where it sounds like she's trying to let, to really, like, take Lottie off guard. Um, 
I don't know. Well, and that may also be part of, I was pretty sure she didn't drink. And we've seen her turn it uh, down once before, the whole not today. But I think that here, if she, if she is trying to play it up to catch Lottie off guard, that would also be a reason, like, she would need to, she wouldn't want to get yeah. fucked up and not have control of what's going on. She needs yeah. to keep her, keep her mind intact. Yeah, I think she's, I mean, I don't think she drank the Kool-Aid. I think she's playing it up. Okay. I mean, I think she has found some benefit in it. But there is no way that she went through all that shit with them 25 years ago and got, and that now she suddenly, she, like, she was never, she never believed Lottie. That she, there's no way she's suddenly all, all in. But she still wants to know what happened to, to Travis. And she, I think she's, now that she's realizing that, you know, they, we brought it back with us maybe she wants to get better control of herself well that's the key i think is when she says like we brought some dark stuff back with us and because she said that in the previous episode and then she says maybe this can help us deal with we can finally start dealing with it now we're all together Mm -hmm. and we're here so um we get a shout out to one of our our uh listeners katie uh van warmer who in a i was throwing texts with her after the the episode where she first sees the new shrink and i was like oh it's like a a plant from some bigger organization she's like it's a vision i'm like no way it's fucking vision so shout out um but you notice the antler queen that is sitting across from her when she you know that scene concludes and we get the revelation that like oh shit she's not been going to a shrink she's been sitting in a room talking to herself it's her Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm 99.9% sure that's Lottie as the answer. So, in other words, I think that whatever this is, the onset, it will turn her into like an avatar for this thing. And mm-hmm. I wonder if Nat remembers that she was an avatar for it previously and so is trying to let her, like, get Lot to let her guard down so she can, you know, do this and then she can, then Nat can somehow barter with it attack it question it okay you know right. what i mean like come face to face with this darkness they need, I think. she needs it to manifest i was kind of thinking yes. that too because she's playing it you're right she's not talking like she's not quite talking like herself like no it doesn't feel natural it feels like she's playing it up yeah i mean she may very well have found empowerment and which she'll also, never this again. Is a, first time we've seen her like in the last couple episodes she was still wearing her own clothes but she was wearing the purple sweater yeah here she's wearing all purple and like the main garment is a dress yeah like some kind of purple dress everything about her which is right and i agree that's what i was thinking it's she's Um, the coming at Lottie by force was not working. Yep. And she has made some 
progress with some of the things they're doing. So I, it's the same. And she would definitely know this, especially having been their hunter. Make them think I'm, you know, make them think I'm weak when I'm strong. So play into it. Act like I drink the Kool-Aid and I'll find yeah. out more than being, you know, a bull in a china shop. Yeah, exactly. Which is also also appears to be growth for her character, so that's good. Like normally she would just right. like you know bring a hammer and start hammering, but no, it's like right. Um. So I think she's leaning into. It. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, now, what is the and and you just watched it again, so we end. On that, we end with Shauna and Lonnie, correct? Well, okay. With, it's with cut the between the, the dance around the fire in the snow in present day to the live song. Okay. And then okay, cut with right. them, uh, Shauna beating the shit out of Lottie. Yeah, okay. And she tells her to to let it out. She says, we to, need you, just let it out. Okay. And like, she looks like she beat that girl to death. Like, uh, I think yeah. we, I mean, it looks like, I mean, that last shot where you see her, like, breathe and the blood bubble out of her mouth and it looks like her teeth are all, like, she beat the fuck out of that girl. Yeah. To the point where she looked dead. Yeah. For a minute, I was feeling like, okay, is she going to die? And the That's what I thought, too. I was like, wait a minute. Back. Holy shit. Like, because that goes way past, like, she smashes it like her face is mangled. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got that sense, too, where I was like, Jesus Christ, is she going to fucking kill her? Because, like, that's going to, because there is going to be something that's going to happen in the next, I hope, two episodes that's going to be a game changer, right? And so I was like, right. is that the game changer? Does she die? But no. Um, right, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Does she die and it brings her back? Yeah. But level, does it You know, leveled her? up. That or would be does an interesting. So that could be. Where, where we're going, because, I mean. Like, she's got to have major day. She looks like she beat her to, like, the brink of death. Yeah. I mean, this and, isn't like a cop show where, like, you could do that and then the guy gets up and he's like, all right, I'll meet you for coffee later. Like, there's a, they're pretty, it's, it's, it's an intentional community show. Um, so everything is intentional. Like we talked about before, the writing is very intentional. So there's a reason she went that far, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, it would make sense if so. The next episode is called "It Chooses," which would be obviously nature, right? Um, I'm assuming. Oh, um, okay. But I, I so didn't maybe watch. Like, it chooses. It chooses Lottie. Right, but also, so that that kind of echoes what the, what she said. What, uh, I know where I was going before with Melissa and Jen, where they're like, "Oh, what isn't that how it works?" Or whatever. She's like, "No, it doesn't trade." Like it. She might have even said it. It, no, she says it hears us and we hear it or whatever. So I'm wondering if she is so bad that she needs to be healed. She heals and then that 
echoes into the present day where it's like, well, look, of course it can heal Van. It healed her and she almost died. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, that that could work. Because that would make, I mean, especially because that would be something they could all see. And again, yeah. if they're doing it because Van is dying and they're doing it for her, for their friend, because I still feel like some of them are going to be like, no, I'm not like this ritual stuff did not go well for us before. I'm not doing it again. But it's a little different when you're trying to save someone's life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let, so first of all, let's talk about the other major scene uh, that I think we've haven't touched on yet, and that's I loved the isolation tank. You know, I I I spent I don't know five sessions in Float Lab in Westwood when I was in LA in March, and I I love that. I, I also I, when Misty was like, I don't want to go in there. Like I'm like. I feel like she would have some knowledge, but whatever. I'm not nitpicking the show. I'm just saying, like, it, I, I guess personally, I was like, bitch, I had to pay like 60 bucks for a couple hours. Like, you're getting it for free. Come <laughs> on. Um, but I loved they used that because that would definitely be there. And then, I mean, just the, the complete insanity of what she. <laughs> You know, you've got at first. So first of all, um, oh God, what is that? I it was just in my head. I just looked it up. The first thing I thought when she goes into that song and dance, what is that horror movie? It's Italian from the early '80s. Stage fright, not the recent one. And the recent one's not a remake. There's an old one, and it opens with this guy. It's like a musical about a killer and there's a guy in an owl mask that's like enormous and he like jumps out and starts okay. dancing and it I'll never I know forget. of it I don't think I've ever seen stage fright but oh my I do God. know my, what it is my boss lent at some point somebody like Scream Factory somebody put it out like within the last 10 years and it got uh, like you know it's kind of some modern traction but my boss lent that to me like when I started and I just remember I was like, at first I was like, I don't know about this movie. And as soon as the owl mask thing happened, I'm like, this is fun. I, like, I don't even care what happens after this. This is amazing. Um, and I feel like this was kind of a nod to that. But then I realized, oh, it's not an owl. It's an African okay. gray. And it's obviously it's Caligula. And they got... Um, it's Caligula. They got John Cameron Mitchell, who played Hal in uh, Netflix's Sandman. And I thought he nailed that fucking character. I'm a big fan of Sandman Doll's House. So I love all the characters that Rose encounters when she's in Hale's house. And I love okay. Hale. And I thought uh -huh. he did a really good job. Um, and he was awesome as fucking Caligula. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it was just so... Like, when that happened, I watched these when they drop on Thursday night. At, so it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm watching this. And she goes in the tank and like okay i'm wondering what she's gonna see and then it launches into this crazy musical with this bird and it's like it's really bizarre and funny and creepy and wonderful all the same time yeah and and then it leads to that really really weird phone call 
where then it like you know she calls and leaves um walter a message, message and then, for walter like at the end where she's like you hang up now you hang up now you hang up now and it's like oh bitch like holy shit oh, bitch, you're like, crazy oh my god wow well and she like she admits to being involved on his answering machine she admits to being involved on his answer machine. Good call. I didn't even think of that because I still think I, I don't know that I think that he's into her. I, I'm still wondering if he's still trying to to mm-hmm. like you know set her up. Also, just a little thing. She's like, and it's so random. She's like, blah blah blah. Oh, and your grandmother sounds wonderful. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, thus proving she didn't listen to a word he said because he said Tatiana or whatever the fuck her name is. Remember, he says, was not his mother. Yeah, Svetlana's not my grandma. You know, it's just like somebody I knew that was like getting evicted or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's fucking nuts, dude. She's so nuts. But yeah, the one thing that from that whole phone call, I was kind of mortified by the fact that she just admitted to being involved in a murder on his answering machine. Yeah, not too smart. Because she told him that he was right. Because now she's decided that she's like in love with him or something. I loved when she's like, you know, they're having girl talk and she's like, you know, but when you know, you know, and then uh, was it, uh, oh, Van's like, does he know? (laughs) (laughs) I loved her. Oh, man. Yeah. Lauren Ambrose, man. I got to get you to see Servant, and I just, I don't know how to do it because I still have Apple TV, and, but it's like, it's not like normal, it's not like Showtime, right? Like, it's through my Apple account, so I don't know, like, I can, I don't know how to share it because it's through, like, when I okay. log, like, I'm logged into my computer, you know what I mean? So it's not like a separate And it knows thing. you're on the Apple device. Yeah, so... But uh yeah, I love her. I obviously have not seen Servant because it's a um you know an Apple TV thing, which I don't have. They make it rather hard. Well, I guess if, if you 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 could probably get it, but I'm also not recommending that you do that. I mean it might end up being more cost effective at some point, like Prime Day, you know, Apple TV for you know, ninety-nine cents for three months. Then I'll be like, hey. If you can get it, that that's the time to get it, right? But, I mean, I don't know that there, there's a couple things on it, but that's definitely like I just get it for that. Van has become one of my favorite characters. I mean, very, very much so, very much so. And she's another one where both her her young adult and her adult versions are like I love both of them. Yeah, and they're just so again like Lauren Ambrose came into it the exact opposite of everybody else, like. She right, because she, she had to learn to mirror the younger actress, the yes, as opposed to the other way. And oh, man, where you could tell, like Sophie Thatcher, like studied mm-hmm. Juliet Lewis, you know. Um, and she just does such a great job. And the reason I brought up Servant is because it's such a sharp, like it. You know, there's no big difference. Yeah, there's no like overlap whatsoever. They're just such okay. different fucking characters. But yeah, I love when Van interjects those kind of snarky comments in between because it always sounds like something we would say. Yeah, definitely. 
but yeah, I'm I'm expecting Walter to pop up in the next episode. I am too. Like he's there is no way he went home. He's there. He's there. He's there investigating something. He's there. There would no be no reason to bring him into it and then just have him leave. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that the the next two are bangers, or at least you know, like the the next. I think one might they're be. gonna be because I mean that's how the first season worked. Building. Although, building I didn't think building, the, building. the last episode of the first season. I don't think is a banger. Like I remember watching it the night it aired, and I was like, oh, like it's cool that they're all together, and there's like repercussions, but it's not till the last like minute where you get you know the phone mm-hmm. call from the banker that Natalie had looking into. You know, she's like, tell me who. Well, Doom Coming was the banger, and then the next episode was the aftermath. Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking it might be the opposite, where we might spend the first half of the next episode building, and then it'll go nuts, have like a complete, like, you know, go to black. Like just a stop? Okay. Yeah, and then, you know, the next, so, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, I trust them implicitly, and I, again, I don't. Even though, like I I do think that they've written themselves in this thing. Like, we're going to have to draw things out just a little bit. None of it's bad. You know, I mean, just no, so everybody not. understands. It's character development. Yeah. I mean, I still, it, the, the last episode, I still don't love the fact that they wasted time with, you know, cutting back and forth to something that wasn't real. But I'm over it. Um, I just bring it up now because I don't well, feel I that. Think, I think that is also trying to make a point because we're seeing it happen more and more where you'll be in the middle of the episode and then you get that static and yes. you kind of, their realities are blurring. I think it's going to happen more. We're probably going to get more of it in the next season. Yeah. Get more crazy and they go further down the rabbit hole because there's going, I mean, in order to get to the point where the series opens with the pit girl and like they're going to have to go full on like feral. They're going to leave the real world for a while. And now I'm wondering if, um, you know how you were saying earlier, like when Shauna puts the baby's corpse in a cairn, you're like, just the first hungry animal mm-hmm. can come over and knock that. Well, I actually wonder if it's going to be Mary, Mary, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe. I think somebody's going to eat it. I think somebody's going to get caught because she, look at that vision. We're seeing that repeatedly, Shauna's vision of them eating that baby. So if somebody actually, and and they don't know that. Well, now I guess they mm. she's yelling about it. But if somebody does that, that could definitely lead into that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Mari's not eat the mouse. She's going to eat the baby. <laughs> And, and that conversation with Jen and Melissa where they're like, oh, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing if she was dead. I mean, I don't want her to be dead, but, you know, I mean, like. Mm-hmm. But they're hungry. <laughs> they're starving. That felt very strategic. So that makes me wonder if that's going to be that camp, like those three. And then, um, you know, they do something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe Mari's not going to eat the mouse. She's going to eat the baby. And. I mean, Mari, <laughs> she continues every time you hear something, you know, somebody in the group say thing that is super fucked up, it's always her. Yep. 
Because, I mean, even the previous episode during the birth, when, before they do the ritual, when, when Lottie says, you know, let's, let's share our hope, you know, with the wilderness for the baby and everything. And the first thing is Mari. I, wilderness, I hope Shauna doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's... Everything out of her... She's like a natural figure. Forever. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's episode seven, the the burial. So we got two left. So we will reconvene in the wilderness next week. And until then, I will try and heal. Stay alive. <laughs> I'm going to ask the wilderness to, you know, help me out here. Uh, so <laughs> for the Horror Vision sharing and session, I'm Sean. And I'm Missy. And we'll see you next week. Good eating.